It is uh, 5 February, believe it or not. We're already into February. It's uh, Sunday. I'm Charlie Garrett, and this is the CG Prophecy Report. Large fines for promoting... Okay, I got some news from Israel for you. But before I give you my first article from Israel, I'd like to let the people know that watch this update later, this CG report, that uh, we had some visiting missionaries in the church today. They'll be here for the rest of the service as well, I believe. And there is a uh, upload of this video that will be on YouTube on the Superior Word channel. And I would hope that you would take the few minutes that they spoke and watch their testimony, okay? Please do that. I know that you have other prophecy updates that you want to watch, and there's things that you want to do with your time, but it will be well worth your time if you watch the uh, missionary report from the visiting missionaries. He made it thoroughly enjoyable. You won't regret it, and you will learn some wonderful things about a part of the world that you probably know nothing about. Having said that, our first article from Israel is from Israel Hayom. Several terrorists killed in Janine as IDF prevents major attack. Now, this has kind of been going on since last week, and uh, so it's going over what has happened and maybe where it's leading to with the new government. According to Palestinian reports, eight others were injured and hospitalized. According to health officials, nine Palestinians died, including the terrorists, and 16 were injured. The IDF said that it was operating in Janine and would provide more details. Footage circulating on social media showed explosions and gunfire in the area. Additionally, there were reports of Palestinian gunmen shooting down an Israeli military drone. Tensions in the West Bank, especially in Janine, a known Islamic stronghold, have soared as the IDF continues its counterterrorism operation known as Breakwater. It was launched in the summer of 2022 in response to deadly terror attacks perpetrated by Palestinians in Israel earlier in the year. And then, of course, from the Times of Israel, UN Security Council to hold emergency meeting following lethal Janine sweep. The meeting will be the second emergency session of the Security Council to discuss the Israeli-Palestinian conflict since Prime Minister Netanyahu swore in his hardline right-wing government last month. Unlike the session earlier this month that was to discuss far-right National Security Minister Itamar Ben-Giver's visit to Jerusalem, Flashpoint, Temple Mount, Friday's session will be held behind closed doors. That was last Friday. Now, the reason why I bring that up is because we have people that are killing people, terrorists attacking governments and people within nations all over the world. And you never, ever hear about the UN Security Council coming together over something like this. It is always targeted against Israel. So I just want to let you know how these things work. The UN Security Council does get into issues if they're very major. But for some reason, everything Israel does, even if somebody in Israel sneezes, it is considered major from the Times of Israel. Palestinians celebrate Jerusalem synagogue massacre with fireworks and sweets. Palestinians in the West Bank and Gaza celebrated a terror attack that killed seven Israelis and wounded at least three others. This is going back about a week plus. Um, three others at a synagogue in Jerusalem. Palestinian media reported celebrations in cities across the West Bank, including Ramallah, Nablus, and Janine, and 
parts of East Jerusalem. Videos showed fireworks, celebratory gunfire, drivers honking horns, bonfires, and crowds chanting in the streets. Kind of like what you would expect with the two witnesses when they are martyred in the book of Revelation. Keep that in mind. Times of Israel. Shosh Bill. Add In God We Trust to banknotes as talisman for economic success. Now, Israel obviously is not liked by much of the world, and the world is always trying to, you know, pin them down on something. But at the same time, they bring these things upon themselves. Hence this article. Several Shas Party MKs submitted a bill proposing that all banknotes issued by the Bank of Israel include the Hebrew phrase for, in God we trust. The proposal uses the word Hashem, which means the name, as a substitute to avoid the Jewish taboo of deleting an actual name for God when written down. The ultra-Orthodox party claimed the addition of the phrase should not be a problem to include on the banknotes and would not harm anyone if it were added. A preamble to the bill explained that the Jewish people have a clear and simple belief that everything is blessed by God, including economic abundance. The authors of the legislation highlighted the fact that United States dollars have the phrase in God we trust printed on them. Adding the suggested Hebrew phrase would be a talisman for the economic success of Israel, they said. So they're looking at this as a way of getting rich. Okay, It's not what the original intent for In God We Trust was in the United States of America, which was that in God we trust. We're not looking for his blessing. We're looking to bless him. So Israel does these things to themselves, and I just thought I'd let you know that. From the Times of Israel, half of the U.S.'s 25 most generous philanthropists are Jews. Now think of that. Half of the 25 most generous philanthropists are Jews. They're like, what, 6% of the population, 2% of the population? It's a very small percentage, and yet, few give to Jewish groups. Jews made up nearly half of America's biggest philanthropic donors last year, in a year that saw their fortunes take a hit amid declines in the stock market. America's 25 most generous givers donated to a collective $27 billion, up from $20 billion in 2021 for a lifetime total of $196 billion. They included 12 billionaires with Jewish backgrounds, a dramatic over-representation when compared to the proportion of Jews in the overall United States population. The Jews on the list include, and this is why I think this is important, is because these people are not philanthropists. They're trying to buy the government. They're trying to suppress your rights, including George Soros, who gave away at least $300 million to racial justice and humanitarian work in the Ukraine and other causes. Businessman and former New York City Mayor Michael Bloomberg, with $1.7 billion in donations to charter schools, clean energy, and fighting heart disease. Okay, heart disease, we'll let that one go. And Meta CEO Mark Zuckerberg, whose charity donated more than $900 million, with much of the giving going to fund research into artificial intelligence and genomics at universities. One thing that stands out about these Jewish philanthropists is that almost none focus on giving to the Jewish community. Only Lynn and Stacy Schusterman of the Tulsa Oil Dynasty, who are paired together on the list, are prominent donors to Jewish causes. From the Gateway Pundit, Zuckerberg funded 
nonprofit that spent $420 million to help Democrats in 2020 election gears up for 2024. So you can see all they're doing is they're trying to ingratiate themselves among the politically elite and get ahead in power. So I, I don't consider that philanthropy at all. Maybe the heart one and one other that we read. Anyway, we got some news from Christianity. Phil Body. Okay, this is the Bible typer that I've been telling you about. Phil Body. I finished from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22 on Bible typer in about four and one half months. He did the entire Bible typing it, which means he's also reading it as he's going in four and a half months. Most people never read the whole Bible in their whole life, and he's done it in four and a half months. Maybe the chronological next. In other words, he's just going to do an another typing of the Bible, and he might do a chronological this time. That is a person that deserves hats off simply for getting into the Bible. Plus, he's learning how to type. So if you want to learn how to type and learn the Bible, let me know, bibletyper.app, or send me an email, and I can send that to you. Okay, I got one more thing to read you before we get into our first article. This is from Kenya. I've made several appeals for the people in Kenya over the years on the Prophecy Update, Okay. Uh, one of them was not too long ago, we asked for people to help build a school over there. That school is done. And I wanted to read you this, and they have a new need, which I would like to address to you. We thank God for the Beacon of Light Center building that will accommodate many destitute orphans in the community. Glory to our Lord Jesus. We really praise God for the great work that is now complete. School is done. Thank you for helping with that. All the people that helped build this school, you build a school in Kenya. Now we pray to join our faith together concerning the proposal that will sustain the project. You build a school, you got to sustain it. And the needs are chairs, tables, school stationery, foods, teachers, bills, uniforms, shoes, and medication. Please consider helping them out. Mail online. And thank you for that. Thank you for having done that. Mail online. Pope declares, homosexuality is a sin, but not a crime. Now, you got to think of this first, and condemns unjust laws which criminalize gay people. If it's a sin, that is supposedly his department. If it's a crime, he should keep his mouth quiet, okay? He is not telling countries how to run their countries. That is not appropriate, unless you live in that country. We live in the United States of America, and so we have what's called a voice. We have a vote, okay? But the Pope is saying that it's not a crime, then he ought to let it go. That is, that country's desire to prosecute homosexuals, they can do it, okay? That's my view on that, and, uh, you know, it is a crime against God, but a crime against God is a sin. So, keep your mouth quiet there, Pope, uh, from Mail Online. U.S. Merchant Marine Academy is forced to cover up decades-old painting of Jesus walking on the water because it denigrates non-Christians. Yeah, the U.S. Merchant Marine Academy removed a Jesus painting after the MRFF, the same people that do this every time, said it was unconstitutional. Instead of saying, we're going to take this through the courts, they just caved and covered up the picture of Jesus. So there you go. From the Christian Post, Andy Stanley says, gay churchgoers have more faith than a lot of you. Yeah. Do gay individuals who go to church have more faith than most Christians? According to mega church pastor Andy Stanley, the answer apparently is a resounding yes. 
Stanley, who leads the multi-site North Point Ministries and North Point Community Church based in Alpharetta, Georgia, said in a now viral sermon clip that any LGBT individual who continues to go to church has more faith than a lot of you. A gay person who still wants to attend church after the way they've been treated, I'm telling you they have more faith than I do. Well, that wouldn't surprise me, Stanley said in the clip. They have more faith than a lot of you. He also noted the courage it takes for LGBT individuals to continually attend churches that don't accept their lifestyle, which begs a giant question. Why don't Hello? Or why don't they just stop going? It's one or the other. There is an agenda, and he's obviously missing out on the whole point of these people going to these churches, okay? If a person wants to convert, they will convert. If they don't, they have an agenda to convert the church, a gay person who knows, you know what, I might not be accepted, but I'm going to try it anyway. And a straight person, have you ever, where do you go that you're not sure you're going to be accepted over and over and over? Asked Stanley. The message also spoke directly to the gay men and women who grew up in a church and the gay men and women who've come to faith in Christ as adults who want to participate in our church. After acknowledging the multiple passages of scripture that condemn homosexuality as a sin, Stanley appeared to suggest that rather than a failure to repent on behalf of LGBT individuals who go to church, it was God who didn't change their hearts. I know 1 Corinthians 6, and I know Leviticus, and I know Romans 1, so interesting to talk about all that stuff, but just, oh my goodness, a gay man or woman who wants to worship their heavenly father who did not answer the cry of their heart when they were 12 and 13 and 14 and 15. God said, no, and they still love God. This guy is, this guy is theologically confused at best. We have some things to learn from a group of men and women who love Jesus that much and who want to worship with us. He continued, I know the verses, I know the clobber passages, right? We got to figure this out. And you know what? I think you are. From the Christian Post, Stanley, again, Andy Stanley, to host conference for Christian parents of LGBT-identified kids. Scheduled speakers include evangelical pastor who resigned after board discovered son's attraction to minors. Some news from the Mideast and Africa today from Republic World. Turkey may exit NATO in five to six months over U.S. alliances provocation. Now, I don't know if this is going to happen or not. This is the only article I saw on this. But if Turkey exits NATO, we are getting a lot closer to Gog Magog. I can tell you that. Turkey's deputy leader of the Patriotic Party made the wide-ranging announcement speaking to the reporters in Ankara, asserting that Turkey will exit the Western military alliance over the friction with the alliance and its non-compliant attitude towards Turkey's demands and interests. He also slammed the recent episode of the Quran burning in Sweden. Notably, Ankara abruptly canceled Swedish Defense Minister Pal Johnson's upcoming visit to Turkey. The developments prompt us to take such steps. NATO is making us do so with its provocations. They have been seeking to contrast us to our neighbor Turkey. Turkey will leave NATO in five to six months. 80% of the Turkish population is against Turkey being in the military alliance led by the U.S., Turkish minister claimed. The Turkish people have lately been showing sympathy for Russia... Hint, hint, and Russian President Vladimir Putin, Turkey's minister iterated using a friendly tone for its ally, Russia. That's an interesting article. I, we'll see if it pans out. From the Washington Free Beacon, 
U.S. monitoring Iranian bid to establish military presence in the, anybody? Panama Canal. The State Department said that it is monitoring Iran's attempts to have a military presence in the Western Hemisphere, putting the Biden admin in an increasingly difficult position as it balances anti-regime protests, Iranian military escalation, and collapsing diplomacy over a revamped nuclear deal. It is tracking a recent announcement by the commander of Iran's navy indicating that warships will establish a presence in the Panama Canal as soon as next month. Already two Iranian warships, including one equipped with anti-ship cruise missiles, torpedoes, and naval cannons, were granted permission to dock in Brazil earlier this week. We are aware of these claims by Iran's navy. We continue to monitor Iran's attempts to have military presence in the Western Hemisphere. The official would not preview any potential action the Biden admin may take in response or answer questions about how it views Iran's growing military presence in Latin America. I'm sure they're all welcoming them. Iran's increasing influence in Latin America poses a unique problem for the Biden admin as it navigates diplomacy in the region amid a growing number of dictatorships that view an alliance with Tehran as beneficial. Venezuela, for instance, recently inked a massive foreign policy agreement with the Iranian government that will see Tehran increasing its role in the country's lucrative energy sector. Iranian vessels have more frequently voyaged into the Latin American region, and this month's announcement by the Iranian Navy indicates the hardline regime is seeking to protect its interests with force. Mail Online. Distressed Hamline University faculty calls on head to resign. About two weeks ago, I announced that a lady was forced out because she showed pictures of the Prophet Muhammad. Remember that? Okay. Uh, they call on the head to resign after firing art professor who showed image of Prophet Muhammad. Warren incident caused great harm to the college's reputation. I think so. They are seeing the blowback from it. And now they're wanting to get rid of this person. 71 of 92 members voted to call on Fainese Miller to resign immediately. They say they lost faith in Miller because of her handling of the controversy. Adjunct instructor Erica Lopez Prater sued after they didn't renew her contract. We'll see where that goes. Mail online. German train knife rampage. I know I read these all the time, but I just want to keep you abreast of what is going on in the minds of the people in the EU, okay? Rampage victims are revealed to be girl 17 and 19-year-old man. Suspect had been released from jail six days earlier. Ibrahim A., who lived in the Kiel area, has reportedly clashed with the law 12 times since 2015 and was most recently detained until 19 January 2023. The attacker is not considered a political extremist and is understood to have seemed confused. That's their excuse for killing two of their people, a 17-year-old and a 19-year-old. That's their excuse. Again, from just the news, migrant yelled death to Christians while killing church official wounding four in Spain, says witnesses. He yelled death to Christians and he killed a church official. One person is dead, four others are wounded, including a priest. After a Moroccan national attacked people with a machete in two Catholic churches in Spain while reportedly yelling Allah Akbar and death to Christians, the country's interior ministry has not classified the attack as jihadist at this time. 
That's the brain pan of the people in the EU, and that's the brain pan of the left in our nation. Now something interesting from Mongolia, from Pointer. Mongolia moves to seize power to shut down internet and control social media. The Mongolian parliament passed a multi-pronged law last week that would ban users from posting information about any public official without express government consent. This is what Biden was trying to do with the ministry of whatever it was. Uh, Truth, thank you. Any information shared in an online group of more than three will be subject to inspection and the Minister of Internal Affairs can shut off the Internet. The law will go into effect February 1st unless struck down by Mongolian president. This was just at the end of last week. However, that veto can still be overridden by parliament. Civil society and journalistic organizations hope that international pressure might reverse its decision. I have not seen whether this went through or not. Rappler, an independent Philippine news organization, reported that content violations in the law include disparaging state symbols as well. You know, that means every lefty in the nation would be in prison in America because all they do is disparage our our state symbols and our flag and everything else. So that would be fine here, as well as historical and cultural values, which every lefty in America does. They disparage those culture and customs of Mongolia. Okay, so it's kind of the opposite of what's going on here, but they wanted to target the right wing believers in the United States of America with the Ministry of Truth, and they're kind of doing the opposite there to protect their nation over there. But still, it shouldn't be done. People need to be able to speak freely. Daniel prophesied that technology would increase in the end times. From Defense One, is this new microwave weapon the answer to Iranian drones? Well, it would have been the answer to something else this past week, if you know what I'm talking about. I mean, it's all we've seen on the news for the past four days. Counter drone company Epirus announced that they had won. Did you notice how they blew that thing up over the ocean? Yes. They had won $66 million prototyping contract from the Army's Rapid Capabilities and Critical Technologies Office for its experimental Leonidas counter-drone microwave weapon. Okay, did you also notice that they didn't have a ship ready to collect it and they've got to wait four days for a salvage ship to show up? I mean, everything that could possibly be done to protect the Chinese has been done in the past week. I'll go on. The Army will transition Leonidas into a future program of record after a successful demonstration of the prototypes. Andre Lowry, the company's CPO and COO, described the Leonidas as a directed electromagnetic pulse or EMP weapon, like a laser, which the military has been using for drone defense for years. The Leonidas is a directed energy weapon unlike a laser. It can focus on an entire swath of sky. The Leonidas also improves on jamming-type defenses because it works even on drones that have no link back to their operators. About a year ago, Lowry said the company began to test the weapon against large Group 3 drones. What we found was that we are very effective against all the wires that go down the length of the wings and control the ailerons and the rudders, he said. He said that Epirus has been experimenting with gallium nitride chips. I could have told him that 10 years ago. I mean, come on. Which have been shown to amplify power and radar in directed energy applications. 
Previous microwave weapons have used vacuum tubes, which he said pour their energy into a huge parabolic dish in a very, very skinny beam and zap up like a high energy laser in that way. The use of gallium nitride, as well as new uses of machine learning for frequency identification, allows Leonidas to vary its energy output depending on the sort of drone it needs to target, he said. So what that means is we're changing frequency, changing pulses, changing various aspects of that EMP in order to turn it to the adversary. Very interesting. Okay, it's a dangerous world, including the inevitable plagues the book of Revelation prophesies of. See what we got this week from Zero Hedge. (laughs) Sorry, I, I just can't help but laugh at this. Australians were once prosecuted for claiming face masks worked against viruses. Yes, really. An article typed farce mask. It's safe for only 20 minutes, published by the Sydney Morning Herald in 2003. Explained how. Retailers, somebody went back and found this, and now it's completely blowing away all of their their supposed mask things now. Retailers who cash in on community fears about SARS by exaggerating the health benefits of surgical masks could face fines of up to $110,000. The article quotes a public health expert who said that face masks are largely useless at stopping the spread of viruses and could even worsen the situation. Those masks are only effective so long as they are dry, said Professor Yvonne Kosart of the Department of Infectious Diseases at the University of Sydney. I wonder if she's still there and I wonder if she said exactly the opposite in 2020. I just wonder. As soon as they become saturated with the moisture in your breath, they stop doing their job and pass on the droplets. Professor Kosart said the masks would need to be changed every 15 to 20 minutes to be in any way effective. Her sentiments were echoed by John Bell from the Pharmaceutical Society of Australia, who said that masks only offered marginal benefit and were largely psychological in their level of protection. Yeah. The story is noteworthy, but you know, you still see people walking down the road with those things, and I just like to go up and grab it and go, bam, like that. Oh, boy, the story is noteworthy because during the COVID pandemic, the Australian government imposed one of the strictest lockdowns in the world and used face mask mandates as a brutal tool of population control. During the early months of the COVID pandemic, health authorities advised against wearing masks only to subsequently do a 180 uh, and say face coverings became a convenient psychological tool of controlling the population. Mail online, fentanyl's deathly grip on America. This is a real crisis here. This isn't a pandemic. This is a real crisis. Actually, it's planned, but it's cheap Synthetic opioid flooding U.S. street drug supply is dragging down life expectancy, turning our cities into zombie lands and killing 1,500 people every single week. Fentanyl, we got how many people have died from the inoculations, and then we have people dying from fentanyl, and we're replacing them with millions of people coming over the southern border. I wonder if there's something going on here. Fentanyl kills nearly 1,500 Americans every week, according to the CDC. The highly potent opioid has fueled a drug overdose crisis in the last decade, getting worse by the day. Fox, Seattle area medical examiner's office running out of space for dead bodies, top health official reveals. 
Drug overdoses fueled record number of homeless people who died in King County, Washington last year. From FNHA.ca, possession of small amount, this is Canada, possession of small amounts of drugs to be decriminalized but not legalized in British Columbia. It's going to work just like it's worked everywhere else, right? Beginning on January 31st, 2023, which was a couple days ago, and lasting for three-year period, which means forever, possession of small amounts of certain illegal drugs, such as certain opioids and cocaine, will be decriminalized in British Columbia. Once in effect, adults 18 and older in British Columbia will be allowed to possess up to 2.5 grams of illicit substances, cumulative the weight of all drugs combined, without being subjected to fines, arrest, or drug seizures. So what are they going to do? Carry around a little scale and put it on there and see if they're violating it? The drugs to be decriminalized include opioids, including heroin and fentanyl, which just killed 1,500 people a week in America. The drugs are cocaine, powder, or crack, methamphetamines, and MDMA, meaning ecstasy. Morality is declining. Breitbart. (laughs) USAID. Yeah, you think? USAID tells teachers to hide students' gender identity from parents. USAID, your tax dollars going overseas, tells teachers to hide students' gender identity from parents. A guide from USAID entitled Integrating LGBTQI LMNOP Considerations into Education Programming was created in order to support USAID's staff working in the education sector to integrate lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, and intersex considerations into programming. That's your tax dollars. Overseas. Breitbart. Vimeo censors a documentary about parents protecting children from transgender surgeries as hateful conduct. NBC. Disney World closed Splash Mountain after allegations of racism. (laughs) New York Daily. Over half of LGBTQ parents surveyed in Florida considered leaving the state over don't say gay law. Bye. Bye. Breitbart, South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem to pharmacists, dispensing abortion pills is a felony. We got a couple good governors in this nation. I'll say it again. It was about six, maybe five governors that kept the United States from devolving into absolute anarchy over the past three years. If it wasn't for those few brave governors, we would have completely devolved into a hellscape. Some other news from around the world from WQCS. Florida House Speaker Renner introduces, here it is, we've been waiting for this for years. Eric Friday visited this uh, church in the past. Some of you remember him. He's been up there behind the scenes pushing this now for years. He was standing behind the governor or by the person that made the announcement. Florida House Speaker Renner introduces constitutional carry bill to allow gun owners to carry concealed weapons without a permit. Yeah, right. Finally. 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 Good job, Eric. Texas Tribune. Texas drops fight to prevent 18 to 20-year-olds from carrying handguns in public. Somebody challenged that law. They had to drop it. Federal judge ruled earlier this year that a state law banning young adults from publicly carrying handguns is unconstitutional. The state no longer plans to appeal that ruling. Then you have the left. AP. Connecticut governor. Ban more guns, raise buying age to 
21. Exactly what was just declared unconstitutional, we're going to do it. The Democrat governor said he wants to raise the age of being able to legally buy a long gun from 18 to 21 years old, which is the age requirement for buying handguns. And he is proposing to increase first offense penalties for illegally possessing large capacity ammunition magazines from a misdemeanor carrying a $90 fine to a felony carrying up to five years in prison and up to $5,000 in fine. Your Second Amendment rights are being robbed from you by the left. From NTD, DHS sets free over 1,000 illegal immigrants with criminal records. The DHS freed over 1,000 illegal immigrants with criminal records from its detention facilities in December. That's just in December. The aim was to make room for a border surge. From Fox, GDP report reveals ominous Great Depression warning sign not seen since 1932. The latest numbers from the Bureau of Economic Analysis. Um, I'm not going to read this article. This one I will, but I'm not going to read the article that just came to mind. But um, everybody saw the great jobs report. Okay. Biden's on Twitter saying that it's the greatest jobs report in history and everything. Go to Zero Hedge and read why that is wrong or go to the CG report and I've linked it. Wow, wow, wow. Great jobs report. How did they fudge the numbers? And they show exactly how they did it. The BLS is in their back pocket. The latest numbers from the Bureau of Economic Analysis show that the U.S. economy grew by 2.9% in the fourth quarter of the last year and 2.1% for 2022. While the White House was quick to take credit for the state of the nation's economy, they may want to think twice. The latest report should have alarm bells ringing, not trumpets sounding. That's because economic growth is slowing down. Even the areas which contributed positively to GDP are not necessarily signs of prosperity. For example, business investment grew at only 1.4% in the fourth quarter. But that was almost entirely inventory growth. Non-residential investment, a key driver of future economic growth, was up just 0.7%. Meanwhile, residential investment fell off a cliff, dropping 26.7% as consumers were unable to afford the combination of high home prices, high interest rates, and falling real incomes. That means inflation. No wonder home ownership affordability has fallen to the lowest level in the metrics history. But the growth in inventories, which accounted for half the GDP growth in the fourth quarter, is not a good sign either. It is the result of businesses being unable to sell off existing inventories at current prices. Liquidating that inventory at discounts will mean lower profits, a further drag on future growth. JTN, just the news. Feds adapting AI used to silence ISIS to combat American dissent on vaccines and elections. The government's campaign to fight misinformation is expanded to adapt military-grade AI, once used to silence ISIS, to quickly identify and censor American dissent on issues like vaccine safety and election integrity, according to grant documents and cyber experts. You had this project at the National Science Foundation called the Convergence Accelerator, which was created by the Trump admin to tackle grand challenges like quantum technology. When the Biden admin came to power, they basically took this infrastructure for multidisciplinary science work to converge on a common science problem and took the problem of what people say on social media as being on the level of, say, quantum technology. And so they created a new track called the Track F 
program. And it's for trust and authenticity. But what that means is, and what it's a code word for is, if trust in the government or trust in the media cannot be earned, it must be installed. And so they are funding artificial intelligence censorship capacities to censor people who distrust government or media. Zero Hedge, flaming dumpster. Musk may need to tear down the Twitter code and start from scratch. He's doing a great job. You know what? I saw a post by uh, Stole Press Biden here, and he was taking claim for the great economy, and they fact-checked him. Oh, it's great. Big, long fact-check. Why this isn't correct. He's doing a great service for this country. He may change. There are a lot of people that find suspicion in him, but so far he's doing the right thing. And he wants to start a type of PayPal thing on Twitter. If he does that, I'll join that. Accounts aren't just hit with labels that are obvious to insiders. It's unclear so far what these strikes actually do. But for sure, they suppress views and recommendations. They are trying to figure out to what extent. Also, there's an entire keyword database so that machine learning makes sure not to promote violence, porn, etc. But it's a mess of overreaching words. Literally, the word gay was on the keyword list, which would make you not advertiser-friendly and harm the tweet in the algorithm. They're unaware of the problems, and Elon and the engineers are there all night trying to untie this crazy knot. Some changes they've made, like the For You tab, have confused people and hurt engagement for accounts who have gotten the NSFA label without knowing. They also don't know for sure why things got so much better once Elon made the acquisition and why it seems far worse now. Some is probably related to the excitement around Elon himself, which also coincided with the World Cup, but that doesn't explain why it feels so off right now. Elon really lit up when we talked about the shifting political landscape and how anyone non-woke is now far right. That notion is deeply connected to how screwy things got at Twitter, and he's working to fix it despite the huge challenges ahead. What's already really crazy now is having seen under the hood that Jack Dorsey repeatedly said they don't shadow ban. The entire machine behind Twitter is designed to shadow ban. It's almost as if that was the primary goal rather than the product itself. They can't figure it out. Elon Musk is up, he says, after midnight, every night working to get this corrected so that you can speak freely. Who said it? Unless science is controlled by a greater moral force, it will become the Antichrist prophesied by the early Christians. Anybody? Charles Lindbergh. Yeah, believe it or not. Okay, I got a Lesrick here for you. Let's see if you can figure out what he's talking about. Aussie retailers used to get fined because masks only work in the mind. Now they work really well. They can once again sell to the customers, deaf, dumb, and blind. I emailed back to him. I said, great job. I said, great job of putting Tommy in there. And he said, what are you talking about? Deaf, dumb, and blind kid? It finally clicked. Okay, we got a bit of irony here for you today, but before I do, I would like to uh, say something to you, is that, uh, yes, this is all bad news. I do this every week so that you are informed of the bad news in the world, not to have you depressed. 
do not be depressed by what's going on. The Bible said that things are going to be like in the days of Noah. It's not going to get better. It's only going to get worse. We need to know what's going on so that we can do our part to end that or at least stall it. Okay. That's how I look at these things. That's how you should look at these things. I have friends that are visiting this church right now that I've known since they were about this big, 16, 17 years old, okay? They have given their life for the cause of Jesus Christ, evangelizing people in another country, okay? They're willing to do this because they have a hope in Jesus Christ, and they believe that that hope can be shared with others. If you don't have that hope in you, I don't know why you're even watching these updates. It'd make you the most miserable person on the planet, okay? But... If you don't have that hope, please consider the news about Jesus Christ. He died for your sins. He was buried. He rose again. And he did this for you so that you could be reconciled to a holy God, the holy God who cannot fellowship with fallen humanity. The only way that can happen is for the blood of Christ to cover your sins. And when God sees you after that, he will see his precious son radiating out not your sin. So please call on Jesus today. Okay, from the Gateway Pundit. Dead last. This is a horse race. Riding with Biden comes in last at the 2023 Pegasus World Cup at Gulfstream Park. Riding with Biden. Yeah, he's flogging a dead horse. That's what they were doing. And then I got one more for you from Breitbart. Democrats place Adam Schiff on high-profile committee where Republicans will go after Biden. <laughs> Such is the world in which we live. And so from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett, and that is your CG Prophecy Report for the week. <laughs>